Number one, I love donuts. I mean, I really love donuts. I could eat donuts every single day of my life, and I could actually eat a dozen donuts every day without any problem. Number two, I sell sign supplies. I work for a company. Uh, the name of the company is VWR International. I actually have three different uh, companies I work for. They all have their own uh, niche in the market. And as Jeff mentioned, our motto is helping science teachers inspire their students to explore the world. Okay, so we have a really uh, important job. Uh, our company is uh, consisted mainly of people of science backgrounds, a lot of scientists, a lot of former teachers, a lot of PhDs, master's degree in sciences who work very hard on developing products that teachers can use. And they take seriously this message, this high message. We really want to be able to support teachers. And we realize how important it is to have, give teachers good products that can get their kids excited about science. Science is kind of now in education, it's a hands-on thing. It's no longer textbooks. What we try to do is get kids really involved with hands-on experiments. So we provide different kinds of webinars, different kinds of products. We sell everything from $1 microscope slides to dead frogs to dead cats to $20,000 microscopes. Anything that you would need from uh, kindergarten all the way up through uh, university research programs. So Jeff kind of asked me to give a couple examples on how my faith could uh, was related to my work. And uh, one of the other things I wanted to let you know is I have two uh, favorite gospel passages. Number one, uh, the story of Jesus washing the feet of the disciples the night before he died. I've always been inspired by that act of humility and uh, pure service. And the other one is the prodigal son, that story of great forgiveness, unconditional love that we're recipients of through, uh, through Jesus. So uh, throughout my life, I haven't always been the most religious kind of person. Uh, drift away from the church at times, but in the back of my mind, I always had that concept of Christian service and Christian love and Christian forgiveness. So when I started in the, in the business, I really wasn't that concerned about service. I got into sales, and like a lot of people my age, I had the stereotypical notion of a salesperson. Dan Aykroyd saw in the Bassomatic. Okay. You know, sleazy mustache, slick back hair, talking as fast as you can to sell you a product that you don't want. But as anybody in sales knows, sales is really a service-oriented position. Uh, my job is to provide solutions for teachers. That's the job of our company, to give them products that they'll be able to use to teach their, their kids. And it's no uh, stretch of the imagination to think that in 20 years if somebody discovers a cure for cancer or uh, some other disease, that somewhere along that line they probably use one of our products. So it's a pretty awesome responsibility when you think of it in that sense. So I always look at it at that, you know, we're servants. And that notion of being a servant like Jesus was is kind of like what I bring to my, uh, to my job. Uh, particular instance, and this isn't singular to me at all, but it's kind of like how our company works, of uh, how this can play out is uh, one afternoon at 1.30 I received a call from a teacher. This teacher had gotten a grant, $30,000, a lot of money for science equipment, and she had bought a lot of really cool science equipment for her class. And as happens with grants, you have to have all the material shipped and billed by a certain date. So I get this call at 1.30 on Tuesday afternoon, and she needs everything by Wednesday, the next day. So she was in California. So um, kind of a challenging situation there. So uh, what I did, I started calling other departments, uh, different branches of the company, uh, different vendors. And to make a long story short, we were able to get everything she needed into stock. I think there was about 20 items that were on back order. Uh, get it shipped out the next day and 
made sure that she was able to get the equipment and uh, use her grant money. So uh, that's kind of like how our company works. We try to go the extra mile. Like Jesus tells us to go the extra mile, we try to go the extra mile in our work when we're serving teachers. And it's really a great feeling to do that. You know, sometimes the teachers might not even thank you or acknowledge that, but knowing that we work together to be able to supply this person is really a, a humbling experience. The other thing I found out is that the Spirit works in a strange ways. I've been a beneficiary of the Spirit working through some people. first one was a guy named Bill Murphy. He was from uh, New York. I started out in sales and I got teamed up with Bill. It was kind of an inside-outside position. And Bill took me under, my, under his wing. We'd go to shows. He'd take me out to dinner. He'd take me to boxing matches. He treated me like a long-lost brother. He'd let me leave the show, go take a nap. He even gave me orders where he was getting commissioned so I could get the commission. And I was just, I was overwhelmed by this generosity that Bill showed that to me. I don't know why he did it. Maybe it's because I was Irish and he was Irish, but um, he did it. And I was uh, forever grateful for that. Another person was a guy named Charlie Wachtelhausen. It's a real name, Wachtelhausen. If anybody wants to know, it means birdhouse in German. <laughs> but again, I had uh, started a job at another company in sales. And this job was uh, an inside sales manager, customer service manager. The company that hired me, and this is a company I'm working for now, it kind of reorganized their sales uh, staff and they were going to focus more on inside sales. So unfortunately, they had let several of their outside reps go and that was a situ uh, situation I came into. And uh, Charlie immediately befriended me and you got befriended by Charlie when he insulted you. I mean, he had this cynical sense of humor, so he said something stupid and stupid to me, insulting to me, and I said, okay, I understand guys like Charlie, so... Uh, over the course of years, I became friends with Charlie, really good friends. Unfortunately, Charlie passed away a couple years ago. But again, he helped me at a point where I was coming into a strange situation. He didn't have to befriend me. Uh, he had been with the company a long time, but he went and took that extra step and, and made me feel uh, welcome, helped me learn about sales. He was an incredible salesman who knew a lot about sales. So it was a, a great friendship that I developed with Charlie over the years. And, I mentioned these two guys because, like I said, neither one of these guys were religious. I think they were both raised Catholic, but they certainly weren't practicing Catholics at the time. But they, somewhere along the line, picked up that generosity and compassion that Jesus gives us. And in their life, they, they showed it, you know, they bestowed it on me for no other reason than that they had it within them. So I was always uh, gracious for that. Um, in preparing this talk, I was thinking of a lot of different talks I've heard. I've heard a lot of talks about faith uh, by priests, ministers, lay people, all good talks, very inspiring talks. Um, but once stood out to me, a couple years ago, I was in Galena with my wife. We, uh, Peggy's uh, parents own a house up near Galena, and occasionally we go into Galena and uh, go in there for dinner. It's a nice town. Peggy gets a shop. I walk around and sample food at different stores. They even have a winery where I can go to and spend an hour or two there. But... So it's a nice time. Um, this particular Saturday, we decided we were going to go in and go to Mass and then go to dinner. So it happened that uh, this was weekend. This weekend was a missionary weekend. And there was a priest there. He was from Italy. I think he was about 65 years old. And I can't remember his name, but I'll call him Father Vince. Uh, good Italian name. So Father Vince was from Italy. He was educated in the United States. And after his education, after his ordination, his first assignment was Bangladesh. Now, this is Bangladesh back in the early 1970s. And if anybody recalls, he had those horrible earthquakes down in Bangladesh back there, where I think 300,000, 400,000 people were killed at one time. And uh, 
Father Vince got there, and he immediately had a crisis of faith. When he was in the seminary, he had been taught that our God is a God of love, a God of mercy, a God of compassion, and what does he encounter? He encounters unspeakable human suffering. Little, you know, women holding their children and having the baby die in their arms, people starving, people wild clothes. So Father Vince immediately had uh, a crisis of faith. He started to wonder, where is this God of love that I, I had heard about? He's not here. This isn't what I taught. Why is this going on? How can I believe in this God? So after about six months of intense prayer, intense reflection, he had an epiphany. And the epiphany was simply that it was up to him to be the face of the God of love that he knew existed in his encounters with people. And that's what he did. And that's how he uh, laid the foundation for his priesthood. That every day when he encountered people, rather than being overwhelmed with despair by what he encountered, he would be that face of the God of love. He would be the the hands and feet of Jesus, and he would do whatever he could to help them. And I think that's a really good way to, to live our lives. Every day, regardless of what our profession is, we have that opportunity to be the face of the God of love. We have the opportunity in our work to comfort people who might be mourning the loss of a loved one. We have the opportunity to extend generosity to people who might be uh, experiencing financial hardship. We have the opportunity to listen to people who uh, might just be having problems in their life. We have the opportunity to participate in service projects that our company might sponsor. So in that daily life we have, we have that opportunity, just like Father Vince did, to be the, the face of the God of love, to be the hands of feet in Jesus and extol that compassion and generosity that we've been beneficiary of. We have the opportunity to forgive like the father and the prodigal son forgave, we have the opportunity to forgive people who harm us in our work. It might be a boss who gave us a bad review for no reason, uh, disciplined us for no particular reason, but we do have that opportunity. So, um, I had mentioned that one of the things I liked was donuts. So, um, and people are probably wondering what, what do donuts have to do with this talk. Well, as I was thinking about this talk, I kind of thought of donuts as a metaphor for faith. We live in a broken world. There's a huge hole in the world, a huge hole in a lot of people's life. But around that, there's the donut. And like our faith, donut comes in all kinds of different shapes and forms. Sometimes a donut might be that great chocolate donut, just basically chocolate donut with chocolate frosting on it. It tastes great with a cup of coffee in the morning and lasts all day. Sometimes it's one of those sprinkly donuts, ones with all the different color sprinkles on, with the strawberry frosting on, those real bright ones. And our faith at times, it's a celebratory faith. We celebrate the joy that we have through Christ. And we celebrate baptisms, we celebrate weddings, we celebrate first communions, we celebrate birthdays, we celebrate everything. And sometimes our faith is like that, it's just a joyous celebratory faith. Other times it's stale. We left it out all night. We pick it up in the morning, we eat it, and there's no taste to it. It hurts our teeth to eat, and we wonder why, why are we even bothering with this? It might be like Father Vince, where is this got to love? Why are things all messed up in my life? Why are these people I know suffering? But we eat it anyways, and I've even always said, the stale donut's better than no donuts, so uh, <laughs> I always eat the stale donuts. <laughs> Sometimes it's like a Bismarck. The hole's closed up. And all we have coming out is that wonderful sweet custard or raspberry jam 
covered with chocolate frosting. And it's just wonderful. We're filled with faith and everything is going good. And other times it's like a pretzel donut. I used to always love pretzel donuts. There was this shop where I grew up at and I get off the bus and it was right by this donut shop and he had these chocolate pretzel donuts kind of look like figure eights. And I, every time I got off the bus, I'd buy one. But at times our face is like a pretzel. It's going all kinds of different directions. It's getting this way, that way, and it's getting twisted. And then what happens when you have the pretzel donut, instead of one hole, you have two holes. We're going in too many different directions. Our intentions are good, but we're going all over the place and end up not really accomplishing anything. And sometimes it's a plain donut. Plain donuts are good, but they're better if you dunk them into something. Coffee or hot chocolate. And sometimes our faith needs that dunking. Maybe we need to go on a retreat. Maybe we need to spend some time with our friends. Maybe we need to spend some more time in prayer. But whatever, we need to dunk that donut and get the full flavor and the full pleasure out of that faith. And sometimes it's a, a seasonal donut. I just love the donuts you get in the fall. Those apple donuts, those fresh apple cinnamon donuts, or those pumpkin donuts. And it just, it just brings out that feeling of fall. I love fall, and I get those donuts, and it's like, this is great. I mean, it's wonderful. I mean, life couldn't be any better. And at times, that's our seasons of, the seasons of our life are like that, and that's how our faith is. We might have gone through a particularly rough patch in our lives. We might have just got done getting our kids through college, which I just did. Um, we might have gotten done through a big project at work or a service project at church, and we've had that humbling experience that Jeff mentions is the spirit working us, and it's just that really good feeling where you're at rest and you're at peace and you're savoring that faith that's brought you this far. So, whatever shape your faith may be at any particular time, keep your eyes on it. You know, just, uh, just like a donut. When I was in uh, high school, my last year of high school, I worked at the Thomas More bookstore down, uh, who's downtown, and I actually worked in the warehouse here with a couple of friends. We would check in books, ship them out, whatever. I can't even remember what we did, but after getting done with work, we would uh, go to a place called a Mayflower sh Coffee Shop. It was this coffee shop downtown. They had good coffee, they had good donuts, and uh, I loved it. And uh, the thing I remember, which came back to me when I was giving this talk, was that they had a plaque up there, and it was called the Optimist Creed. And the Optimist Creed went like this. As you ramble on through life, brother, whatever be your goal, keep your eye upon the donut and not upon the hole. So... I think that's kind of like a good metaphor for our faith. We need to keep our, our eye on our faith. At times, life is hard. We live in a broken world. There's war, there's abortion, there's divorce, there's substance abuse, there's child abuse, there's crime. The economy's bad, people are out of work. And at times it might seem overwhelming, but we always have that faith of knowing that Jesus died for our sins, brought us salvation, he performed the ultimate act of service for us. And we have that opportunity to live that faith also. So, as I said, the Spirit works in strange ways. As I was preparing this talk, I was walking by a table in our house, and I saw this pamphlet. My wife had just been on a retreat, and there was this pamphlet about faith. And uh, there was a quote on it. It was from a friend of mine, Scott Engel. Several people in the audience know Scott. And this is what Scott said. It said, faith gives us the strength we need to change our attitude and have a positive impact on our lives. I'll repeat that again. I think it's a good, a good quote. Faith gives us the strength we need to change our attitude and have a positive impact on our lives. And I think that's a good model to do it. 
You know, we can look at the darkness of life, we can look at the hole, or we can look at the donut. So my advice is simply, keep the faith, eat a donut every day, <laughs> and give somebody else a donut whenever you can by living out your faith. So, uh, Jeff told me I give some handouts, but unfortunately I can't give them out here. So when you leave, I have a handout. I have some donuts on the table back there. So everybody take a little donut and enjoy it. And uh, that's it. So thanks for being here. Uh, it's been my pleasure to be able to come here. And I thank Jeff for inviting me. I can see why you were such a good salesman because I think it takes creativity to be a salesman and your creativity came out in this talk tonight. Oh, thank you. That's what donuts do for you. You could learn it too. Yeah, all right. So, any questions? Any? Yes? Where do they get them? Okay, first of all, they're not natural bone. Oh, they're not. No, they were selling those a few years ago, uh, but they outlawed them, and they were getting those actually from India. The natural bone skeletons you were getting from India. There's several companies that make the skeletons. The main one is a company in Germany called American 3B. Uh, there's one here in Chicago where they make them. Uh, Denoyer Gepperts, a company in Chicago where they make them. So they're manufactured at different companies. Do you provide those through your company? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a big seller. Anybody else? Yes? Do you sell the doctors also? Uh, I, not the division I work for. I work for the educational division. I work for uh, companies that sell from high, I'm sorry, through kindergarten all the way up through colleges. Uh, we have another, our parent company, which is much bigger than the division I work for, sells to hospitals, doctors, research, research labs. So. Yes. Could you reflect on the harmony of your work in your life, if there is harmony, if that, if your work brings harmony to your life? Oh yeah, my work is, uh, I mean it's ironic that I ended up doing like this. Like I said, I hated science, I hated sales, I didn't want to do this stuff, but I got into this job and I've never regretted that. I'm here 35 years later, it's always been, I've never regretted going to work. I don't wake up in the morning dreading going to work. I've always... The companies I work for have been very family-oriented in the sense that it's a very team-oriented kind of work environment. People pitch in. There's really interesting people. I mean, it's, you know, I became friends with this guy who had a PhD in physics from Cambridge. I don't know why he would talk to me, but it was this guy from England. He was a great guy. But I mean, you got to meet a lot of interesting people, so it's always been, uh, it's been fun to go to work. It's been a fun career. I've done a lot of different things there, mainly in sales, but it's been fun to be able to work in an environment where <laughs> there's a nice relationship between all the employees. Not a real stressful. Teachers are wonderful to work with. Every day when I work with teachers, it's just inspiring to me to see how dedicated they are. They spend their own money to buy supplies for students. Um, I mean, they really work hard, science teachers. And the thing about some science teachers is every day when they get something, it's, it's like Christmas. One of the big pleasures of my career has been stocking new schools. If a new high school opens, you get all this new science material. And I go out there and help them unpack it. I remember this one school was down in North Carolina where um, I was helping this guy unpack. He became a great friend of mine, a great customer. And I just remember one time he just pulled out this Erlenmeyer flask. It's just a flask. To me, it's nothing. I had worked in a warehouse. I'd seen these things dropped, broken all the time. But he just picked up this Erlenmeyer flask and he looked at it. And he just looked at it like this for about 
a minute. It's just like going how beautiful it was. So they just love this stuff, and they love they love getting our products. And you know, when I get done, I mean, when I call them, most people would think that sales reps they don't want to talk to sales reps, but the teachers like our products so much, and are like they thank me for calling them and letting them know about stuff. And I mean, that's really a nice feeling. You know, instead of having people hang up on you or slam the door on you, they, they, somebody says thanks for calling them, and, and then they give you an order. It's it's a nice business. So. Okay, anything else? Be sure to take donuts.